What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear oh because we do not carry everything to God in prayer we greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus and it's my honor to preach this morning to you if somehow your prayer request was not mentioned, because there was a lot of prayer requests flooding in, if you would lift your hand right now, wherever you may be watching, we'll pray for those that we might have missed. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you touch every person who has their hand lifted for a special need. I pray, God, no matter what it may be, you are the God who hears and answers prayer. And I pray for each and every one of these needs in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, today, I'm going to be preaching on this subject, Forever Friends. And I'm going to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 18, and verse 1. And as I turn there this morning, uh, if you're... Wherever you may be, if you are part of this congregation, I'd like for you to rise to your feet. One thing that we want to do is continue on the things and the good traditions that we've always kept, and one of those is we've always stood for the reading of the Word. So if you'd like to stand wherever you are, and, and I would like for you, no matter where you are, to give me your undivided attention. You've heard me say that many times over the years for those who are uh, longtime members of this church. And for those who are visiting with us online today, God bless you. We're glad. We know you could have gone a lot of different places online, and I hope that you'll stay with us to the duration of this message, which won't be very long. Praise God. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And today I'm preaching on this subject forever, friends. Lord Jesus, I give you praise. I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I want to thank you right now at the very beginning of this message for your faithfulness to God. Uh, you are ensuring that your covenant continues and you are doing a great job in supporting your church. I encourage all of you who attend churches wherever you may to, to uh, support your church 
And uh, we, we will get through this. It won't be long. We'll be back to normal. And uh, it's going to be a great and better normal. We're going to see more people saved than we've ever seen before. To all of our friends who are watching from near and far, if you are outside the state, you want to put the city and state you're watching from, it's always a, a blessing. Afterwards, I get to look through all the comments when this is over, and I'll see your name and be able to uh, see all the different places and folks who are watching. Also, Pastor Ardvark, wherever you may be today, um, God bless you. I'm glad you're watching. All right, here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 18. The story of David and, and Jonathan is a story of true friendship. Although David's father, Jesse, came from prominent lineage, yet David himself was unknown and of modestation in life. And that always makes me think about the fact that sometimes folks who are well-known on earth are not so well-known in heaven, and folks who were very well-known in heaven may not be so well-known on earth. And so it was that that David's father, Jesse, uh, he, he was, and David himself, was unknown. And uh, they had a modestation in life. And yet uh, Saul was very well known. He was the king of Israel. David was the youngest and the most insignificant in an unknown and insignificant family. Jonathan, on the other side, was the crown prince of Israel and heir to the throne. Their friendship began, David and Jonathan, when David killed Goliath with a sling and a stone. And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son the stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, you young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, listen to this, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved David as his own soul. There was this immediate bond of friendship between Jonathan, the crown prince of Israel, and David, the son of a commoner. It was such an unlikely friendship, and yet their friendship was tremendous, and, and it was Great. Their friendship was so strong that Jonathan actually placed his own life at risk and interceded for his friend David when King Saul turned against David. Jonathan spared David's life on more than one occasion by informing David of King Saul's plans to kill him. Jonathan was a man of daring who was not afraid to place himself in, in the greatest danger for the sake of of his friend. When you remember Jonathan, you think of this unselfish devotion that he had for his friend. You see, the measure of our love 
is the measure of our sacrifice. Jonathan was willing to give up his own personal ambitions and hopes of attaining the throne and exposing himself to death just because he was a good friend of David. When Jonathan died upon the battlefield beside his father, King Saul, remember David mourned and fasted. And 2 Samuel 1 records David's song written in honor of his friend Jonathan. He said in 2 Samuel 1, 19, the beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath, Publish it not in the streets of Eshkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph, ye mountains of Gilboa. Let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings, for there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. And then David said, from the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan, Turn not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. Yet daughters of Israel weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with other delights, who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thy high places. And David said, I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? David was such a good friend to Jonathan. And this was the song that he wrote. You know, the North American Indians had no written alphabet before they met the white man. Their language was anything, however, anything but primitive. The vocabulary of, of many Indian nations was as large as that of the French and English explorers and sometimes more eloquent. The Native Americans used a phrase for the term friend. I thought you might find it interesting. The term friend for the Native Americans in this particular tribe was this, quote, one who carries my sorrows on his back. One who carries my sorrows on his back. That was their word or their phrase for friend. David was wise enough to realize that a friend is a priceless treasure. He who has none is a poor man. No matter what his net worth might be, I want to thank God for my friends. I want to thank God for the friends that I have that are living for the Lord and serving God. I want to thank God for all the friends that God has given me. You know, living for God, one of the greatest things about living for God is you come into the family of God and you gain brothers and sisters for life that you will never forget and you will always love and cherish. And I thank God for my friends. I thank God for my good brother Stevens who's watching today, who knows I love him dearly. Proverbs 27 and 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A friend will kindly yet firmly tell you just like it is. That's what a friend does. The planet is now populated with 7.8 billion people, and yet there has never been a lonelier generation than this one. 
We spend more money than we've ever spent, but we have less. We buy more, but we enjoy it less. We go to college and, and we get more degrees, but we can't find contentment. We have more medicine than we've ever had, but less wellness. We have multiplied our possessions, hoping to find joy, but find no joy in our abundant possessions. We've learned how to make a living, but not many have learned how to make a life. Through nutrition and, and good health habits, we've managed to add years to life, but not life to years. We've conquered outer space, but many are having a problem conquering inner space. We've cleaned up the air we have lived with, and we live with a polluted soul and a polluted conscience. We spend more money on hobbies than at any other time in history, but have less fun getting caught up in a mad race to obtain and forgetting the words of Christ who said to us in Luke 12, 15, he said, he said, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Listen to me today. Beware, a man's personal joy and satisfaction does not come from the number of toys he owns. Joy has more to do with relationship, with loving, with caring, with giving. If you have a friend, you are truly wealthy. I don't know how many of you would remember the song that was sung many years by an artist named B.J. Thomas, but he used to sing this song, using things and loving people, that's the way it's got to be. Using things and loving people, look around and you can see that loving things and using people only leads to misery. Using things and loving people, that's the way it's got to be. Hope you enjoyed that. A friend will joyfully sing with you when you're on the mountaintop. A friend loves to see you get blessed. You know, we need to ditch any envious feelings. Some people are suffering with so much insecurity that when somebody else gets blessed, instead of laughing and rejoicing with them, they get envious and, and worried about their own standing. Or, or there are some folks that are, are worried that somebody else is going to get more attention or they're going to get more love than somebody else gets and, and they spend their life in anxiety with that kind of an attitude. But I tell you that a friend will joyfully sing with you when you're on the mountaintop and silently walk beside you through the valley. A good friend is like a tube of toothpaste comes through in a tight squeeze. A friend will strengthen you with his prayers, bless you with his love, and encourage you with his hope. A friend will stick by you even when he gets to know you real well. A man never gets so rich that he can afford to lose a friend. I remember years ago a neighbor that Brother Stevens had when we were together in Waterville. Brother Stevens, you will remember you were living in Oakland in a house trailer at that time. And you had a neighbor. And uh, for some reason, he sent me over to 
borrow a tool from his neighbor. And I've got it figured out now why he didn't go to borrow the tool. But I went over to borrow the tool and I walked up to his neighbor and I said, how you doing? I'll never forget. He answered, not so good. It was gruff. I said, what's wrong? He said, I've got too many friends. I never asked to borrow the tool. I said, have a nice day. And I walked back over to where we were working on Brother Stephen's car. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Now this is very important today. For those of us who feel lonely and we feel friendless, I have to tell you that you have to go out to be a friend so you can have a friend. Some people are always looking for a friend to have and they can't quite figure out why they can't find one. I'll tell you how to get friends. Go out and be a friend. Help somebody that needs to be helped. Encourage somebody that needs to be encouraged. You be the friend and you will always have friends. Someone wrote, I went out to find a friend but could not find one there. I went out to be a friend and friends were everywhere. Don't die a lonely old lady or a lonely old man. Don't die in that situation. Be a friend, be a friend. Listen to this man's story of friendship. And this is his story. One day he said, when I was a freshman in high school, I saw a kid from my class walking home from school. His name was Kyle. It looked like he was carrying all his books. I thought to myself, hmm, why would anybody want to bring home all his books on Friday? He must really be a nerd. I had quite a weekend planned, parties and a football game with my friends tomorrow afternoon. So I shrugged my shoulders, he said, and walked on. As I was walking, I saw a bunch of kids walking toward him. They ran at him. They knocked off his, uh, all his books out of his arms and, and tripped him so he landed in the dirt. His glasses went flying and I saw them land in the grass about 10 feet from him. He looked up and I saw this terrible sadness in his eyes. My heart went out to him. I jogged over to him and as he crawled around looking for his glasses, I saw a tear in his eye. As I handed him his glasses, I said, those guys are jerks. They really should get lives. He looked at me and said, hey, thanks. There was a big smile on his face. It was one of those smiles that showed real gratitude. I, I helped him pick up his books and I asked him, where do you live? And as it turned out, he lived near me. So I asked him if I had ever, why I'd never seen him before. And he said, well, I used to go to a private school before now. We talked all the way home and I carried his books. He turned out to be a pretty cool kid. I asked him if he wanted to play football on Saturday with my friends and me. He said, yes. We hung out all weekend and the more I got to know Kyle, the more I liked him. My friends felt the same way. Monday morning came and there was Kyle with a huge stack of books again. Remember he had taken them home on Friday. 
I stopped him and said, boy, are you really going to build some serious muscle with this pile of books every day? He just laughed and handed me half the books. Over the next four years, Kyle and I became best friends. When we were seniors, he began to think about college. Kyle decided on Georgetown, I was going to Duke. I knew that we would always be friends and that the miles would never be a problem. He was going to be a doctor and I was going to be a businessman on a football scholarship. Kyle was valedictorian of our class. I teased him all the time about being a nerd. He had to prepare a speech for graduation. I was so glad it wasn't me having to get up there and speak. On graduation day, Kyle looked great. He was one of those guys that really found himself in high school. He fell out and actually looked good in his glasses. He had more dates than I had, and all the girls loved him. Boy, sometimes I was jealous. Today was one of those days. I could see that he was nervous about his speech, so I smacked him on the back and I said, hey, big guy, you'll be great. He looked at me with one of those looks, the really grateful one, and smiled, thanks. As he started his speech, he cleared his throat and began. Here's what Kyle said. Graduation is a time to thank those who helped me make it through those tough years. Your parents, your teachers, your siblings, maybe a coach, but mostly your friends. I'm here to tell you that being a friend to someone is the best gift you can give them. And I'm going to tell you a story. I just looked at my friend with disbelief as he told the story of the first day we met. He had planned, you see, unbeknownst to me, to kill himself over that weekend. He talked of how he had cleaned out his locker and he was carrying all his stuff home so his mom wouldn't have to do it later. He looked hard at me and he gave me a little smile. Thankfully, I was saved. My friend saved me from doing the unspeakable. I heard a gasp go through the crowd as this handsome, popular boy told us all about his weakest moment. I saw his mom and dad looking at me and smiling, that same grateful smile. Not until that moment did I realize its depth. Never underestimate the power of your actions. With one small gesture, you can change a person's life. For better, for worse, God puts us all in each other's lives to impact one another in some way. And thinking about that, I'm thinking about some of the precious folks who made a little parade the other day and drove by the little circle in front of my house and honked and waved, and some made posters. And everybody was waving and calling out wonderful things. And then, after they went around the circle, I jumped in my truck and I followed them over to Brother Stephen's home. And he was just getting home from the hospital. And 31, 32 vehicles that were able to participate drove in front of his house to wish him well and to let him know that he's our forever friend. The second part of Proverbs chapter 18, 24 says, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. 
I want to tell you about this friend as I close. Please don't ignore him. Don't neglect him. Please don't reject him. I'm talking about Jesus. He's the friend that when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. He's the one that said, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's the one who had it all and gave it all for you just because he couldn't stand to see you alone and hurting. He's the one that hung the stars in their places and spoke the universe into existence by merely speaking and it was created. This great God calls you friend and I want you to develop that friendship. Put some time into that friendship while we are unable to meet in person. Now is the time to go for prayer walks. Now is the time to open the Bible and read it. Now is the time to receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now is the time to lift your hands and say, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. This is the time to develop your friendship. And by the way, when God opens the door that people can once again begin to assemble and worship God. I hope that the cars are lined up and down the street and everyone will always remember the importance of being able to come together with friends and worship the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest friend of all time. I found this letter. It says, dear friend, how are you? I just had to send this letter to tell you how much I love you and care about you. I saw you yesterday as you were walking with your friends. I waited all day, hoping you would walk with me also. As evening drew near, I gave you a sunset to close your day and a cool breeze to rest you, and then I waited. But you never came. It hurt me, but I still love you. I'm your friend. I saw you fall asleep last night and I longed to touch your brow, so I spilled moonlight upon your pillow and your face. And again, I waited, waiting to rush down so we could talk. You see, I have so many gifts for you. You awakened late this morning and rushed off for the day. My tears were in the rain. Today, you look so sad, so alone. It makes my heart ache because, because I understand. My friends let me down and hurt me many times too. Remember? I love you. I tried to tell you this in the quiet green grass. I, I whisper it in the leaves and trees and I breathe it in the odors of the flowers. I, I shout it to you in the mountain streams and I give the birds love songs to sing. I clothe you with warm sunshine and perfume the air. My love for you is deeper than the oceans and bigger than the biggest want or need you could ever have. I know how hard it is on earth. I really know because I was there and I want to help you. Just call me, ask me, talk to me. It's your decision. I wait, your friend, Jesus. My friend, Jesus loves you more than you could ever know. And I'm going to pray for you that 
the love of Jesus would fill your heart. For the most important thing is that the love of Jesus Christ would fill your heart. There's way too much bitterness and anger. There's way too many impatient words and, and there's way too many people willing to climb over their brother or sister to get to the, pot, the top of the pile. But really, it all boils down, all boils down to the love of God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and we know that when we truly believe, we're willing to do what the word of God asks us to do, like repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants to be your friend. I'm thankful today that no matter what, I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've been walking with him for many years. He's never failed me. Never one time has he said, I don't have time today. Go talk to somebody else. No matter how busy he was, he's always taken time for me. Friend, I'm getting to know him better every day. Every day I'm trying to draw closer to the Lord. Won't you do the same? Some of you have parents who have already gone on to be with the Lord. Some of you have relatives that have already gone on to be with the Lord. And the only way that we can be assured of eternal friendship is to be sure of our friendship with Jesus. Won't you let him have his way? I want to tell you, I'm going to sing a little song here. I don't know if Brother Chris maybe can move that camera and let it follow me. Not sure how this will work. This is without rehearsal. So if it turns out good, it's purely by accident. Somebody, somebody's praying. I can feel it. Somebody's praying for you. Mighty hands are guiding me to protect me from what I can't see. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Somebody's praying for me somebody's praying I can feel it somebody's praying for me mighty hands are guiding me to protect me from what I can't see Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe, somebody's praying for me. Angels are watching, I can feel it, angels are watching over me. There's many miles ahead till I get home, till I'm safely kept 
before your throne. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Angels are watching over me. Would you lift your hands wherever you may be and say, somebody's praying. I can feel it. Wow. Somebody's praying for me. Mighty hands are watching me to protect me from what I can't see. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Somebody's praying. Reach out to somebody if you're in a family and you're allowed to do it. Angels are watching. I can feel it. Can you feel it? Angels are watching over me. There's many miles ahead till I get home. Still I'm safely kept before your throne. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Your angels are watching over me. Now, wherever you are, would you lift your hands and would you say, Lord, I want you to be my friend. I want you to be my forever friend. Lord, you promised you'd never leave me nor forsaken. Lord, you're here right now and you understand every situation that I'm going through. And some of us are worried about our families, but you don't have to worry, you have a friend. Some of us are concerned about our finances. You don't have to worry about it. You've got a friend. Some of you are worried sick about your kids. Stop worrying and start believing. Hey, let me tell you, angels are watching. I can feel it. Do you feel it? Angels are watching over me. There's many miles ahead till I get home. Still I'm safely kept before your throne. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. I believe that angels are watching over me. And you know, right where you're watching right now, God is wrapping his arms around you. Oh, he loves you. There's not one thing going on that he's not capable of taking care of. Yay, he is able. He's able. No matter what it may be right now, lift your hands and why don't you let God fill you. Let him fill you with the Holy Spirit. Let him fill you right now. Go ahead, praise him with a loud voice. Praise him with your voice. Praise him with your voice. Praise him because he loves you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give God the praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give him the praise. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. 
I'm going to change gears now. Are you ready? Somebody might want to help me sing. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Whoa, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. up from where you are, wherever you're watching, and just give God a little victory dance, okay? I'm believing God that everything is going to be all right. So if you're physically able, just give God a little victory dance. Let's sing it one more time. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. That's what faith says. I got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. I got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Be alright. Be alright. Be alright. Well, be alright. He be alright. Tonight we'll be gathering again at 6 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to have a great time with the Lord. And you know something? Jesus loves you, and so do we. God bless you in Jesus' name. See you at 6 p.m. tonight. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God. Trust the power 